It's the Crack House Podcast with Mike and Muskie. All right, it is the Crack House Podcast. My name is Michael Sullivan, and starting we're starting off on a great note. The Mets just no hit the Phillies tonight. They won wow. three nothing. It's like the second uh, Met no hitter in like fifty years. Yeah, last one I think was Johan Santana. There was a little controversy with that. Yeah, it was a little. Ooh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no hitter. At home, I'm sure Roosevelt Avenue is going nuts right now. So, <laughs> congrats to the Metsies on the no hitter. Who threw uh, it again? It looks like it. It looked like it was a combination. I'm trying to get it up on ESPN because it has the winning pitcher as Edwin Diaz, and he only pitched the uh, the final inning. So maybe it was like a, like one of those combo jammies. Yep. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, let's see, man. Pitching five pitcher combined effort. Wow. Yeah. It's been a lot going on in baseball, man. Uh, I try to figure out where to find the Yankees every day. It's in a, it's a new thing. You know, one day it's Amazon prime next day. It's uh Apple TV. Yes. Network. You know, they're making things very, very complicated. Well, everyone, I don't know. I guess it's like everyone just wants a piece Everyone wants to make their money, man. Like Apple, T- I, I I think when you when you go to that like Apple TV stuff, people just start to lose interest, and it's like I'll listen to it on the radio. If you gotta if you gotta drive around, I mean, uh, like go look around too much for a game, people eventually, I think, give up on. It. I think it's the same way too, like basketball, baseball playoffs. Yeah. When yeah, it's yeah. like on TNT or TBS or this station, that the Major League Baseball Network, there there are times you don't know where it's going, you know, on what channel it's that. on. I can't. Stand you you got to look it up. For, yeah, I can't stand walk, uh, searching for the playoffs. I think it's bad business for baseball. You know, yeah. They bury these games, you know, I mean, listen, I get that. I get that you're trying to make as much money as possible. And I get there's a ton of money like in these deals and stuff, but. At some point, I mean, there's a saturation point, which I think the NFL is slowly creeping up on. It's going to take a while for it to reach there. And then somebody made a good point. I was reading something on the Internet. It's like, you know, in my house, we've got basically fire sticks throughout our house. And then we've got the two, uh, you know, the two main boxes just to cut down on the cable bill. And this guy was saying, you know, with all the subscriptions that you pay, you know, for like the, the $5.99 this, the, the $6.99 that, all of a sudden, the hundred and fifty dollar cable bill isn't looking so bad, because when you yeah. add everything up, yeah, it's it's a little know, bit of everything. Yeah, they just they just nickel and dime it more now instead of one big bill. Right, you know? right. 
So, uh, uh, what else did I want to say about that? Well, with football, like you would bring football is only 16 games, really. So it's like they got the, well, 17 now, but they got like yeah. it's 17 games, man. They're not they're not throwing that around too much on like other channels as much as they can. They know. I mean, they know it's a, it's a limited amount of it's not 162 games. It's not 82 yeah. games. You know, it's only 17 games and then a few playoff and then a few weeks of the playoffs. So it's like they they have that huge market for uh for the for the uh, viewers and the advertisers. So you don't you, you don't know, have I, I mean, you really don't have to look around that much for a football game. No, you don't. You don't. As but it's getting like there too. like baseball, um, like the NFL network is involved now. Right. And, and then uh, you got Amazon Prime on Thursday night. So, mm -hmm. you know, Amazon's become a big player in sports all of a sudden. And I don't care because I have Amazon Prime and I have the fire sticks and stuff, but it becomes a pain in the ass, Mike. It really does. And you know, I watched, you know, some of the draft last night, the NFL draft, 30 million people watched that thing. You know, the Giants seem to be going finally in the right direction. They got the guy Thibodeau and uh, they got an offensive tackle. So hopefully they're going the right direction. But, I, you know, we've talked about this, you know, I mean, I'm always going to be a huge Yankee fan, a huge baseball fan. The NFL has graded on me, man. It really has the last couple of years, you know, in terms of like, uh, like you said, saturation. I mean, there's a game like three out of four nights a week. You got the Sunday, you got the Monday, you got the Thursday, you got, you know, I sound like Apollonia from The Godfather, right? Uh, Sunday, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, right? Thursday. By the way, have you seen the documentary, The Offer? No, because I don't have, I didn't get that. That's another thing. We're talking about Nickel and Don. I didn't get Paramount Plus. No, I, I don't either. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> I think that's like another five ninety nine is some BS like that. Yeah. CBS, same crap. You know, they've got the Champions League, the soccer games that, uh, that they broadcast i refuse to pay for that paramount plus i think is four or 5.99 a month same crap i'm into that show yellowstone but it became problematic for me you know uh, all of a sudden you're trying to go back and watch the the other episodes and it's you know it's all on that yeah on that paramount plus thing where you, you know you got to pay for it and i just refuse to do that i got enough i got hulu i got apple tv i've got freaking netflix it's enough man you know right there you're looking at twenty dollars and subscriptions every month and it kind of eats into what i tried to do with that cable bill all those years ago but um how was your week man uh decent week i did a what did i do sunday sunday i did a show in brooklyn punching bag over at o'keefe's bar down on court street very odd very weird show uh there were like all these uh there were like these five Ukrainian girls in the audience. It was one girl's birthday and they were all fucking loaded already. So <laughs> it just got a little it got a little kooky and like they just wouldn't stop talking during the show. And, you know, when you when you when you have that going on, it's just like you just got to like roll with the punches. I mean, they were basically the only audience there. So <laughs> it was like these five drunk Ukrainian girls. And then by the end of the show, one of them was crying because of what's going on in the Ukraine. It was just a complete mess. But uh, but I want to thank Katie Jackson and Damian Millard at uh, Punch and Bag for putting me on the show. I did have a great time. I'm sure I'm sure I will be back there sometime in the future. But but yeah, it was just a real odd like th they just wouldn't stop talking. They didn't. They all spoke broken English. So when you're trying to tell jokes, 
they're not grasping like the context in which you're telling things. It got really. They sound it, like I. They sound like Irina, Tony's girlfriend from The Sopranos. Yeah, like what do you want from what do we are Ukraine and we do these and we do that. It was just be quiet. Yeah, yeah. You kind of got to a point of like you just be quiet, right? Uh, but. But yeah, it was I mean, punching bag, they, they usually put on very good shows. These girls just happen to be there and they were loaded. They were a little high, a little drunk. And like I said, by the end, one girl was completely in tears. So what's the vibe, man, in New York City? You know, I, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been to my parents and, uh, you know, just in general, it just seems like a weird vibe going on. You know, like the economy, you got jobs, you know, low unemployment, uh, but you got like all this inflationary bullshit that. You know, I think he's eating away at people. You got in the back of your mind. COVID seems to be over, but that's kind of lingering a little bit. You know, people don't wear masks anymore. Um, no, you still get people. I mean, I haven't taken the train in a while. Right. But I still see people constantly. You, you see people constantly either in the city or just on the streets. They're wearing masks. People are yeah. wearing masks. A okay. lot of people still wearing it inside. Um, it's kind of like. You know, the city, it's it's just like it's it's like such a slow comeback. You still have tons and tons of like just empty storefronts, places that went out of business. Uh, there's a lot of I know there's a lot of like empty apartments still in the city. There was a lot of a uh, a lot of uh, a lot of comics I know are now looking for new places to live mm. because a lot of them moved into the city during covid. And landlords were given these like they were calling it COVID prices. No one wanted to come in. So right, right. Let's just say it was a three thousand dollar a month apartment. All right, I'll rent it out for nineteen hundred right now. And now the COVID's over. Basically, these landlords are like, "Well, I want three grand now. Your lease is up. Right. I want three grand." Yeah, so I, 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 I know lots of people that are like, "Yo, I'm leaving." Right, right. Yeah, man. It's just it's insane. You know, it really is insane. Like today. How to get stuff for my kid's confirmation. He's getting confirmed over the weekend. It's like mm -hmm. a shirt, a belt, and a pair of kids' shoes, you know, nice dress shoes, but you know, you spend like a hundred bucks, you know, on nonsense. It's a shirt and a belt and, you know, some shoes. You know, it just uh, yeah, listen, I get it. I just think it's very weird. It's a very weird time. You got the Ukrainian crap still going on, like you mentioned. Um, that guy's acting super weird all of a sudden. He keeps on throwing out the nuclear bullshit, the nuclear war bullshit. And uh, apparently, I guess they're gearing up for May Day, which is coming up, I think, on May 9th or May 8th or some th something like that. That's big in uh, big in Russia. I guess it's the day they defeated the Germans and stuff uh, in World War II. So seems to be angling with that. Just a very weird vibes, man. Out here, it's, you know, like you say, I don't see much of masks anymore out here, you know, here and there, you know, in the store and stuff. But just the inflation is crazy, man. You know, it's just like, you know, going out to do simple stuff. You know, I'm not even talking about gas. I'm just talking about like regular stuff, just buying food, you know, just going to a place, a restaurant. You know, it just seems like everything is uh, still in a sta uh, like in this weird like uh, limbo, you know, if that makes sense. But, yeah, um, it is like people. I know some people that are just like, I'm leaving the city. Other people like can't don't want to work. Right. I think you have a lot of that, too. I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to go back to work, man. I was just getting all this money for the last couple of years. I mean, I'm not saying it was a lot, but it was enough to like be a roommate in an apartment or rent a room somewhere. 
and did whatever you wanted. And now it's like you got to get back. It's like anything, man, just getting back into that that normal grind every day, that normal Dude, routine I mean, of doing so things. many. There's so many companies out there that, you know, are kind of holding that as as, as a card, you know, to keep their yeah. employees like. Well, you didn't even, go back, right? Have no, you gone back? I was just going to say, even at my place, like, you know, there's been a lot of change that goes that's going on in my company, you know, my nine to five. But, you know, the reality that what's going on there is, you know, I had a higher up tell me the other day, he goes, listen, you know, we, we want everybody back. But we know that if we force people back, we're going to lose a lot of people. You know, you got the you got the segment of the people out there that don't want to don't want to work. And then you got a people that just got a custom. And I think we've kind of touched on this about wanting to stay at home, especially now with, you know, the way things are in terms of gas and food and everything, you know, it goes wingering stuff that comes with COVID and all that other BS that we talked about. So, you know, they, they're kind of, yeah, we're home. We're probably going to be home until at least the, uh, you know, the end of the summer. But uh you know, I think I think the way the company's going, I think them along with a lot of other companies out there are kind of getting a realization that, you know, like you talked about with with the guy who lives in the nineteen hundred dollar you know rent apartment that used to go for three grand, they're accustomed to a certain way. And it, I gotta be honest with you, I I just think there are certain things that you know aren't going back the way it was. Oh yeah, yeah. It's how many of these companies they they've probably hired. I don't know what you call them, risk management people or whatever that are probably looking over all these numbers of like, how much cheaper is it just to keep everybody at home? It is, bro. It really is. And, you know, I think it comes. I mean, yeah. Like, how much are they saving in rent? Like, let's just say if they stopped renting you building you work in. I know the mayor is complaining about it. He's talking about like a so like you were mentioning, like, you know, it's people are slow to come back into the city. Slow, uh, slow to come back into the buildings that had people. Yeah. Big companies and stuff. But then you got people, you know, regular people, peons, you know, like myself who work for a company. And it's like, you got to taste a little bit of, of the good life. You'd rather play with your dog and your wife and your kids than make a commute that takes two hours or three hours out of your day every day and spending food in the office. And I just don't think it's going back for some, you know, for, for some of these companies. I really don't. Um, I know I've got a couple people that I know who work for the, some of the bigger banks and those guys, they're still at home. And those guys were super aggressive, those CEOs, in terms of getting people or wanting to get people back. And I think they're slowly coming to the realization that you're going to lose a lot of people, man, if you force people's hands. So we'll see, man. We'll see. On to other things. Um, how about the uh, the big story this week? We talked about it previously. Elon buys Twitter. I know, uh, I know we've touched on it in the past, but... Uh, Seems to be a really big story, man. You know, all of a sudden you get the uh, the administration creating the disinformation board, like like it's Soviet Union circa 1960, you know, uh, or the Nazis back in the 1930s. You know, it's pretty ironic. The guy buys Twitter and in a couple of days, all of a sudden you got this disinformation board. <laughs> you yeah, know? it's just it's total bullshit at this point because it like like everyone was saying. It was a private company, right? Right, right. That's what everyone cried about. You know, one group of people cried about it six months ago. Right. And right. now within this last week, the opposite group of people are crying about That's it. Right. It's, That's it's right. It's who it's who gives a shit because I, I, I look at it like this. All right. It's this. All right. He just bought the company. Someone else now can just go start something else off. 
this is it's a free market when it comes to all this social media. It is, but you can start I, up you can start up though whatever you want. I'll give you an example though, Mike. So you're right. So Trump did it. Trump tried Truth Social because of the censorship that was going on Twitter. The problem is Twitter is basically a monopoly. They're a de facto town hall, just like Facebook is. Oh and yeah. They're, and they're a huge brand. So if you want to, if you want to make a competitor, be my guest. But you, as you can see with Trump's thing, and there's a lot of money behind that, you got a waiting list and it's still never going to be as popular in my opinion, at least in the short term as Twitter. Um, there were a couple of things though, that he made, you know, the guy made comment about, you know, he put like a little cartoon the other day talking about how in 2008, he was the center, here was he, and here was the left and here was the right. And then he flash forwards to 2012. He's got a little stick figure. And the center moves a little bit left. He stays where he is. And the left goes a little bit. There's a little left guy. He runs a little bit more left of center. And the right stays where it is. And then you flash forward to 2022. And the left is the left is all the way over here. The center goes over here. And Elon's little stick figure stays here. And the point he was trying to make is that, you know, forget about Twitter for a second. Just society in general has gone way left in the last 15 years. And, you know, what he had said was, you know, he goes, listen, I'm going to piss off 10% of the people on the left. I'm going to percent, uh, uh, piss off 10% of the people on the right. And the 80% I really want to make happy. So I guess what he was trying to say is like the extremists, he wants to piss off both of them. You know, like you said, six months ago, you had the people on the right pissed off. Now you got the people on the left pissed off. He says he really wants to make the, the central part of the people happy. And here's the thing. Look, I, I get the whole private company type thing, but, you know, I just hope some of this seeps out to some of the stuff that we use, like YouTube or, or Facebook or any of these things that I think the same kind of stuff that went on at this company goes on there. Like you said, I mean, it's a private company. You can either utilize it or go somewhere else. But I just think some of these places are just so important, you know, for discourse and conversation and ideas. I just think it's really dangerous one way or the other to kind it's, of throttle people. Uh, it, it's it, it's a bar. That's all it is. It's a yeah. bar and give your opinion. Because you can write whatever. I mean, you can write whatever you want. And no one will read it. Basically, how many how many times have people tweeted and you see that it gets no likes and it might get a view. It might get views, but no one really cares about. I mean, listen. Depends. I mean, for a small account, you're right. For a bigger account, I think. Yeah, but that's what people do. You follow your favorite celebrities. You follow your favorite athlete. You follow, you know, yeah. your favorite author, whatever, whatever you want. Your favorite comedian. I follow a ton of comedians on Twitter and I just listen to what they, you know, I if I think it's funny what they write, I might like it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I write back. Sometimes no, they I write back. That. But so, I also see but, like in the last week or so. Like, yeah, everyone's crying. The left is crying now. No, no, no. What I was going to say to you is that like my account has been stagnant for like the last two years. So I have a small little account on Twitter, but it gained rapidly a lot of followers. And then for about two, three years, I've kind of stayed like in the same ballpark, like around between 3,900 and 4,000 followers, give or take. In the last couple of days, I've gained almost 100 followers, which percentage wise is really big. There are people like, I think, for example, Trump's son, he's claiming that he's gotten hundreds of thousands of people to follow his account in the last week or so after complete stagnation. Same deal with, uh, I think guys like James Woods and, you know, some big time, you know, conservative personalities. And I guess some of it 
and, and listen, I hear what you're saying. I really do. I, and, and I, you know, some of our friends that pointed out on Facebook, I get the left perspective as well. You know, there, there's some merit to that. But, um, you know, just to throttle people just because you disagree with what they say, I, I think it goes beyond, you know, being in a bar or, you know, being well, you know, on a private company. You know what I'm saying? I think, too, what it has to deal with is um, with this many people. I think a lot of people saw that he bought it and probably signed up on Twitter and, and it came back. You're thinking either came back or was like, oh, he's got it now. So and, and the truth will come out. So I'll join. So I mean, that could have happened as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. no one knows the analytics of it right now. No one. No one seems to be saying anything what the actual analytics are of how they got their followers back. They're just saying, well, my numbers went up. Yeah, right, right. So it's just weird. It's just weird coincidence. And I think I think it's a big story because, listen, you know, we've talked about it on our show. You know, we've had one of our biggest episodes taken down, you know, for for God knows what it was. I mean, we kind of analyzed it, but, you know, that was taken down. I, I remember another episode where we put a certain word in the title and all of a sudden we got censored over over music stuff. I just hope that some of the stuff spills over into a, into a thing like YouTube or like a thing like Facebook at some point. It's different companies. It's someone else has to buy it. Yeah, though, of Chris. course. I, that's the way I look at it. I mean, has anyone said anything about buying like uh, YouTube or Facebook or anything? I don't I don't I think a guy like Zuckerberg seems like he wants to control everything and he has that he has that metaverse going. I don't think he's getting rid of Facebook anytime no, soon. No, and no, I don't I, I don't think anything is going to go on with YouTube either as well. I look at it more in the sense from from a government standpoint. I think that there's been talk with at least one of the Supreme Court justices about classifying these big these big companies like you said going from private companies to utilities and being governed that way. There was talk, talk about repealing 230B. So I guess what I'm getting at is like if they can connect the dots and like you said, eventually come out with the analytics and show that these there was a definite bias here. You know, there was a definite bias in terms of throttling a certain personality or a certain type of personality or account. You know, maybe it spills over to these other places, not so much that they get bought out, but they're forced to change their practices. I don't think it happens, at least in the short term, but I think, you know, long term. You know, kind of sets the ball in motion, and I hope so. I mean, it just sucks that, you know, whatever perspective that you're coming in from. Look, I'm an absolute free speech guy, you know, so I took constitutional law in college, and I got into an argument with a guy, and I think we've had this conversation before. I feel like you should be able to say whatever you, whatever you, whatever's on your mind outside of breaking the law. You know, obviously you can't threaten people and stuff in, in, along those lines. But in like in the 1930s, there was a huge Supreme Court case that, you know, the fire in the theater argument. And from that point on, free speech as we know it under the First Amendment has gotten progressively curbed, you know, to the point where who decides what you can say and where you can say it, whether it's a bar, whether it's something like we're talking about now on a podcast, whether it's a, like a site like Twitter or Facebook, it's a very slippery slope. And, you know, as a libertarian, as, a, you know, somebody who studied the Constitution at some point, just listen i just hope that things kind of swing kind of into the center and, and i'm not even so much you know angling just for the right or the conservative i'm just saying that everybody should have the right to say what they what, what's on their mind without limitation again outside of breaking the law but uh we'll see man it was a bad week to be a liberal though i'll tell you that much cnn went belly up uh, cnn plus you know that oh uh, yeah what did they know? have 
10,000 subscribers or something like that. It was Within just... a month, that went belly up. Um, Disney yeah, that was quick. Disney lost her tax exemption, which, uh, you know, they're still going back and forth with that. And uh, Musk bought Twitter. You know, he I bought it on Monday. I, I can't see. I see something happening with Disney, man. I think Disney makes too much money for Florida. Like they're, they're trying to, you know, get rid of their taxes. They, they want to get rid of the tax exam stuff. All the, I just see like Disney is just such it's a license to print money, man. It I, is. I, I, I think Disney wins in the end. Well, they're I fighting. Can... They're fighting the exemption thing. So they're saying that he doesn't have the authority. The governor doesn't have the uh, Florida has the authority to pull that move so they're going to fight it and they're going to peel it and there's probably a good chance that they over over overturn it but i think this thing's in for some shit you know i really do i i think as big as they are you know as much as they as much as florida needs disney i think disney needs kind of florida as well um there's a huge amount of money to be down there they got a huge huge theme park uh huge headquarters down there and a lot of it's to do with the money that they save through those tax exemptions, Mike, which is huge. It's billions of dollars in tax revenue. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I would say, yeah, no, that's it, a, you know, you're yeah. absolutely right. But how much money does Disney make for Florida every year? I think it goes both ways. I think they that, make a that's lot what of money I'm saying. Disney. Yeah, they're not going to want to lose money. No, not at all. Not I mean, at all. And, and, and I'm sure there's a team of Disney lawyers right now or whoever corporate people Oh, looking, absolutely. At, looking at places like Texas, New Mexico, Nevada, someplace nice and warm. Where can we move this and what kind of time? I don't, I don't see them moving out of Florida, man. I really don't. I oh, I don't see, see them, them leaving. I, I see a deal being struck. Yeah. Where yeah, they're not going to have to pay all these taxes. But then uh, I read something today about the Disney family. So it's like a majority of them are conservative. You know, Disney's kids, you know, who I guess have huge trust. Most of them are conservative with the exception of some of the cousins. There's about two or three cousins that I guess are very progressive, including one guy. I think one guy's got like a $200 million trust that he's fighting over. And part of the argument is that I think this guy's got Down syndromes. And I guess some of the Disney family is arguing that this guy shouldn't be given $200 million because he doesn't have the capacity to manage it. It's a pretty interesting story. And there's another guy, I guess, one of Disney's sons, I think, who has a transgender ch child so he kind of leans that other way where i think they were attacking attacking the the, the legislative that uh, legislation that came out but it's a pretty interesting piece you know disney and his brother were very conservative years ago so was the grand uh, i guess disney's father and stuff and um the family is kind of like the way i was reading it, it was like a, a piece in the post today and it kind of reminded me i don't think you've watched the show succession where you know you've got five kids or four kids basically angling for the uh, the media scions title once he retires, and you know you've got very progressive kid, and then you've got the conservative kid, and then you've got the wild kid, and uh, it was just an interesting take on the Disney family today. But I, I do agree with you. I don't think you've seen the last of the story. I don't think it's going to come to an end very you know very quickly. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, on to other things. I saw the Batman. Uh, I guess Batman got a sequel with the Pattinson kid. And I think yeah. we talked about it last week. Pretty. Uh, there was a lot of talk of. I saw one article where it was he was done. Mm -hmm. They didn't want him back, and they were bringing Ben Affleck in to do uh, the movie he wanted to do. 
Right. And yeah, this just came out. They're doing a sequel. Uh, the director's coming back, and uh, so is Robert Pattinson. Um, I mean, I I was not a huge fan of the the movie itself. I saw it last week. I didn't think it was anything that great. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but if you watch the movie, it seems like Colin Farrell's penguin would be set up as the next big villain in the movie, as well yeah. as possibly uh, the Joker. The Joker has a little cameo in one scene. Uh, there was a deleted Joker scene that you can go on YouTube and watch. Uh, it's kind of like a Silence of the Lambs thing where he uh, Batman gives the Joker a file to look at. I guess it's for the Riddler, how to catch him, what's he doing, blah, 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 blah. They go, they have their little back and forth. So um, the Joker would be set up also, I guess, for the next movie. So who knows? Or maybe he would be in the third one. I read something today where I read that Jack Nicholson wanted to be the Joker in the Dark Knight uh, reboot with Christian Bale. He really? pushed really hard. Yeah, I saw it today where instead of Ledger, it, it was supposed to be him, you know, and he was supposed to get like, uh, I guess, the role in that movie and any future sequels from it. Dude, nah, he would have. Uh, he's too old. I think he would have been too old. Jack 15, Nicholson. That's 15 years ago. But yeah, and 15 years ago, he was like 70 years old. He's still like an old guy. You know, Did I you think catch him like, in winning time, Mike. No, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. You saw him on. on oh, the yeah. The guy yeah. playing him or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you got it. Like, that's such a dick move by fans. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hate that where they get into get like him, Spike Lee. Uh, there's another guy in Philly. That they've oh, shown on TV. Yes. The yeah, guy yeah, is yeah. nobody famous. He's just an old rich guy. Right. He goes into like the team huddle on the sideline. <laughs> they said, dude, I would punch this guy in the face. There's some I real would. pains in the S's out there. There's there's the guys you mentioned. There was Fireman Ed for many years with the Jets. He's a he's a dickhead. Uh, I, I heard a funny story about him. And then uh, there's another guy. I think he's a Marlins fan. And what he does. <laughs> He goes to all the. Oh, yeah. Teams. That guy that goes to the games dressed in the Marlins gear. The yeah. Marlins jersey. It's like, get out of here, bro. I mean, but uh, no, no, I've definitely. Uh, I heard I a funny fireman Ed story where he was actually they were going to offer the Jets were actually going to offer him a job. To be on the sidelines and do like <laughs> the J.E.T.S. chant for people that don't okay. know fireman Ed. He's a retired. He's retired now. He's a New York City fireman, and he used to wear like a fireman's helmet painted right. jet colors. He used to stand his. That was his brother. He used to stand on like his brother's shoulders and do the J E T S chant, and the whole the whole stadium would jets, go nuts. Jets, jets, right. and they, yeah, and they offered him a job to do it on the sidelines. And supposedly he only had one question, which was, "Can I drink?" And the Jets organization said, "No, you can't drink on the sidelines." Like. You could keep it then. I don't want the job. <laughs> uh, I wonder if, uh, I mean, he's got to be about 10, 15 years older than us, maybe, right? Oh, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. There's so many stories about uh, my buddy used to have season tickets and he would see him all the time. And he goes, the guy is one of the most intense looking people I've ever seen. He goes, <laughs> once the game started, he this look came over him. Uh, I heard a funny story once about this is on the radio on like WFAN. His name came up and uh, remember Dave Jennings, who used to do the jet game. 
Yeah, sure. He was a former giant punter. Yeah, he was a punter punter for the Jets, the Giants. I think a couple other teams passed away a few years ago. Yep. And he was talking about how much of a fan fireman Ed was. And he goes, man, we are getting this is sometime in like, I guess, whenever Jennings played, probably like the mid to late 80s. I think he punted for the I think longer than that. I think it was the 70s, 70s and 80s. Yeah. Whenever it was, he goes, we are losing about it's he goes it's 35 nothing we're just getting trounced he goes it is a downpour of rain it's about 50 degrees out and he goes i don't want to be on this field right now he goes <laughs> i'm looking around the stadium there's maybe 20 fans in the entire giant stadium right and right. he goes this maniac is sitting there screaming and yelling in the pouring rain like rooting for us he goes it was like the fourth quarter, 35, nothing. Will lose. He goes, it, and he goes, he goes, that's how intensive a fan fireman Ed is. So, Oh, I have no doubt. I listen. I think, uh, I think he's very intense. I mean, you got him Nicholson, like you mentioned, Spike Lee, um, the guy in Philly, the Marlins guy. But see, I like, I, I'll give fireman Ed his due. Cause he's just a regular working guy. These other yeah. guys are spending, you know, like I'm sure Spike Lee and Nicholson spend, Oh, $1,000 a year for Easy. these games. Easy. You know, I think I told this story once before. There was a guy that I guess who, when I started the brokerage business, there was a guy. He was, uh, the guy's name is Al Palagonia. And Al is a Howard Beach guy. He's maybe about five, 10 years older than us. And he's the guy that he was kind of like a mentor, or like uh, who brought in the guy who brought me into the brokerage business, my friend Mike. Mike Monahan, you know, the, the guy that we talked about a couple weeks yeah. ago that you see on Facebook. So Mike told me a story about this guy, Al. And Al was kind of, you know, he's about five, 10 years older. So like a Guido from Howard Beach. And he, I guess he was making a ton of money in the 90s as a broker. And what happened was, I guess he ended up at Bulls-Nick game. And he had like front row seats to one of these games in Chicago. And Spike Lee was a couple of rows behind him. And Spike Lee was like, how does a how does a white guy like you get top line tickets ahead of me? And he's like, here's my card. I'm a stockbroker. Call me and I'll tell you. And I guess he became friendly with Spike Lee. And Spike Lee has put him in a number of his movies. But those tickets, like you said, are were through the roof at the time. This is like in the mid 90s. when No, it's still, I think. Yeah. Like even today, I think Nick's tickets are still the toughest tickets in the city, those four seats. The most expensive ticket in sports, I believe, still. Uh, after 50, almost 50 years without a title. I mean, last time that team won is a year we were born, you know, 73, right? I think they won. Yeah. But, um, you know, the story goes with him is that I guess he got friendly with Spike Lee. He was in um, the Son of Sam movie. You know, he plays the the guy in the, in the, in the, in the wife beater. Um, uh, he got game. He plays the agent, you know, with the watch and stuff where he's, kind of pitching uh Ray Allen, you know, uh, mm. you know, to come, you know, to, to, to this particular store, uh, uh, college and stuff. Um, interesting though. Interesting stuff. I'm not a big, uh, a fireman Ed guy. I mean, I know he's a regular blue collar guy, but he, he seems a little bit on the obnoxious side, you know? And I think, I think something happened with him and the jets to the point where I guess he stopped doing it for a while, you know? Yeah. Where, I think he like retired the whole persona. If you will. something happened though, like he got into an argument with them or, or with at the stadium, some shit happened. Who knows? But whatever. Um, you catch any of the draft, NFL draft at all? No, no, no. I watched what did I watch the other day on TV? I watched uh, 
the uh, the thing with Olivia Wilde. Did you see this? Oh, yeah. Pretty she's wild. At, man. Yeah. She's at like some no pun intended convention, some show. She's on a stage and she so got that served, serves her yeah, papers. Served her papers, read, man. Child custody papers. That was pretty sick. And then I read something to the effect. He's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, right. Way. Sure. Okay. Okay, Ted. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Old blooded. That's yeah, it was that pretty was. wild, man. Um, Johnny Depp trial is still going on too, right? You know what, man? We talked about it last week. It seems like the it seems like the the public sentiment is swinging his way. You know, I think yeah. that a lot of the memes that I'm seeing are like putting her in a bad light. Oh yeah, man! They, were, they already what is it? There's a petition online. They don't want her in the Aquaman movie. She's like, uh, she's in some shit, and she comes off like as you know, like look. I think Stern hit it hit it over the head last week. You know, almost to a fault with his. Uh, his accent. I think you mentioned it last week and we're making fun of it, but she's a real douchebag, man. You know, no, sorry. For oh, the yeah. She's yeah. a piece of God. You know, listen, what did you think was going to happen, though? She's <laughs> what? 20 something years old and she hooks yeah. up with this 50 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like you're not going to have the same interests. And she probably they just got tired of each other, like you know. Not again, but I mean, chopping the guy's finger off, shitting in the guy's bed, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it just went bad. And then going out of your way to like defame the guy. I mean, listen, it's not over yet, and maybe it's all bullshit. But I kind of believe him, man. You know, I've been on his side from the beginning. I, I think he's a little bit of an eccentric weirdo too, like we've hit on. But you know, I think guys like Howard Stern just went a little bit over the top. You know, the top taking his side. You know, and and attacking him. You know, if that happened to Stern, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know what, Stern, Stern kind of grates on me too. After after all these years, he's he's kind of getting on my nerves. You know, it's like he's on his high and mighty horse. You know, all of a sudden he's missed the left, and you know, I think you hit it on the head last year, Mike. You said, you know, he's got to kind of pan it to the left now, but it's like, hey, listen, dude, you're the guy who was in blackface, you know, 20, 30 years ago. You're the guy that you know did all these sketchy type, you know things back in the 80s and the 90s which are funny at the time but you know, oh, it's but it, it's it's the same way like someone was talking like the same way like what you're saying like he did a lot of off the wall shit that made him famous right you right. know and, he was and now guy. and now he's funny. the same guy that would like chastise someone right right that. right they uh a lot of comedians have said that that i've heard on podcasts I've heard this said, too, about uh, what's her face? Amy Schumer, who very funny comedian. But now she she, you know, she went, you know, like most people in Hollywood, she's a very left leaning person. And if you go back and listen to her old stuff, if you hear what she says now, you know, back then she she would, uh, you know, she'd be on the verge of of, of a cancellation. And no, I hear you. I hear you. I just get a kick out of like, some of these like, people. Like she like, said something at the yeah. Academy Awards. Like she she did a show right after the Academy Awards talking about, oh, I couldn't do this one joke about Alec Baldwin killing that woman. <laughs> but yet you ask her about Chris Rock and she's like, I'm so triggered from that moment. I need to process that right now. And Like you want to talk about a murder. You want to joke about a murder. You know, so. Nah, listen, it's kind of weird yeah he kind of grates on me though especially i mean you know guys like him the prime minister up in canada here you are you're making you know going to parties or wearing blackface but you're the same guy that will point out to a middle-class guy like me about you know if i say something off color that i'm a racist dude look in the mirror 
you know, like, uh, like the guy, uh, like Vince Vaughn said in couples retreat, you know, uh, you're a no position, mm -hmm. you know, those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, that kind of deal, you know, but, uh, we'll see how it plays out. A couple other things are coming out this week and though, uh, Ozark returns. Um, oh yeah. Excited. I think it's already I think it something online. Like people are already watching it and starting to throw throw some ideas out there throw like what what was this about what was that about so well i said something to you off air mike i thought i saw a trailer where i guess wendy's brother who died last season i thought it looked like he was like in a, in a prison cell and he was throwing stuff up you know kind of like when marty was in uh i guess the cartel you know basement you know all hold up for like three or four episodes um then i read something to the effect of like you know, the guys who write the show are like, yeah, he's dead. He's not coming back. So maybe I, I misread it or, you know, I misinterpreted it. Uh, yeah. But how many times, though, do you see in these like uh, the the trailers for the season where they take everything out of con? Like, yeah, the way yeah, they yeah, say, yeah. one, this is going to change everything. Meanwhile, the guy's talking about getting a different kind of taco. And you think the show is <laughs> changing for like, holy shit, they're going to kill five characters off. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, too, if they're showing him, maybe, you know, there's probably going to be maybe there's going to be some flashback episodes in it. Who knows? Um, well, uh, let me I'm, ask you this I'm, bigger, bigger picture. What do you think happens in the, at the end of the show? How do you think it wraps up? Um, Just your guess. One of the, Marty or Wendy is dying in the finale. You think so? I'll say Wendy because she, she her character has changed so much from the first episode to now where she didn't want anything to do with it and now she's just like she's both she jumped right in head first and is you know right with Marty and they, they've been clashing a lot there's a lot of clashing every time they want to do something uh but I, I, I see one of them getting killed. I see maybe possibly two, you know, one of the kids maybe getting it. Maybe the son, because mm. he's with the uh, he's with what's her face. He's been doing work for her. I see right. her getting caught up in something. She might be getting killed, too. Uh, what's her face? The blonde girl, the little southern blonde girl. I keep forgetting her name. But yeah, the inventor inventing Anna. Girl. Yeah, they got they. You can't have a show like this and not kill a couple of the main characters off in the final season. I mean, last season ended on such a wow moment. You know, when the lawyer yeah, got, yeah. you know, they got off that plane. It was bing, bang, boom. I mean, it's it, it, it seems like it's going to be one of those things where like the, the whole their whole world is eventually going to come down this season. Here's and my who, take or who knows my, my, my take is I think they're going to go down the breaking bad path. So I think I think Marty's a goner. I think mm. Marty goes. And I think the little Southern girl, the inventor Anning girl, she gets away kind of like Jesse Pinkman at the end of Breaking Bad. That's my take. I don't know how true it's going to be. But, um, you know, they were talking about the antihero. They were talking about the Tony Soprano, the Heisenberg. They're talking about this guy. All white guys, you know, all antiheroes. And, you know, we all know, well, in my opinion, Soprano got it. Heisenberg got it. And I'm thinking Marty gets it too. You know, he's a guy that started off with the best of intentions, kind of got caught up and, you know, he's done some messed up things. You know, he, you know, basically ended up 
having to kill that pastor. You know, he gave, gave away the kid. Um, he's murdered people. He's gotten people killed. Some of it, you know, it, it kind of just reminds me of The Sopranos. It kind of reminds me of the Breaking Bad arc where the guy's the anti-hero. You like to root for him. But at the end, there's really no way out for the guy other than getting killed. And uh, I, I kind of see the the little girl who's kind of, she's kind of a big star. She's got that Inventing Anna show on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I kind of see her getting away like Jesse did. You know, uh, the. Uh, well, I see her living just too, because, you know, you, we've all watched the, the show. Half her family's been murdered on this show already. Right. So it's like, all right, she's going to live. Um, I do see her getting away. I, I, I don't know, man. To me, it's a toss up between marty and wendy and i and to me wendy is i think from a lot of people she comes off as the less likable character oh absolutely because marty is that like he's that every dude he's the guy he was like that white collar guy that just right wound up in the wrong place at the wrong time went along with everything that was going on i don't she know reminds, I, I, I just she like reminds me of uh, i want to see him get away i do too she kind of reminds me of heisenberg's wife who i guess Anna Gunn is her name. She complained at some point because she was like, I was getting letters and I guess fan fan mail from people saying how unlikable my character was and, and what a B, you know, B word that I am and blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, Walt is just trying to provide for your family. And I kind of see similarities with with uh, with with Marty in the sense that Marty just try to, you know, get everybody out of it. You know, he got caught up. He did it. Something messed up, kind of like Heisenberg did. Heisenberg created a meth, uh, a meth lab, and eventually he started cooking meth for the cartel down in Mexico. And Marty basically is cooking the books for the cartel down in Mexico. His partner stole all that money, got caught up, and since then it's been, you know, try to get, you know, try to get the family out of it. I see. I could see something happening too, like as far as Marty living. The FBI agent, the the woman that just had the kid something is going to go down with it. Like she's going to be dirty. And yeah. He's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to have dirt on her. And I think that's going to eventually be his out towards the end. Any of these anti-hero movies, uh, series, you know, for, for the most part, the main character, like even going back, like sons of anarchy, Jack's got it. You know, most of the, the main characters and that got it. I think the only one in that vein that kind of really made it through was Vic Mackey from the shield. You know, if you if you remember. Yeah, but he has a shitty ending, too. I mean, that was more of, that was more of a. Uh, what do you want to call it? Like a symbolic. He's basically put in a symbolic jail here. You're in this cubicle. You cannot go on the street anymore. You yeah, 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 yeah. People down and make money. You're going to just sit in this cubicle and write me. What did she say? She wanted like three pages a day of <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, That's yeah. what you're going to do or you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life or. I think she was even floating like the death penalty over his head at the end. If you really want to stretch it, how about Rescue Me? What happened to Dennis Leary at the end of that show? I petered out on that show, man. I gave that show the how however many seasons it ran. It was five, six easy. Say it was like six. I want to say by like the fourth end of the fourth, middle of the fifth, I just gave up on the show. I never like it. It just. He got very it was another show. He got very heavily symbolic with things. Yeah, and yeah like yeah. the dead kid coming back. And I don't know. It, 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 I still think it was a real great show. But 
yeah towards towards the end i think it just it, it's one of those things like you want to just keep making money off the show keep creating like nonsensical stuff to keep a show going you let me know, ask you this mike uh same topic so i've got friends who are cops obviously you're you're a retired police officer i've got friends in fdny right is the rivalry real nypd versus fdny i think when it comes to like sports a lot of times yeah like yeah. the hot the uh this will air after it but uh saturday tomorrow the 30th is the uh nypd fdny hockey game that's always a okay. big time um it's it's usually like a friendly rivalry like on the street but i think there's a lot more there's camaraderie i mean there were times you know I'd go into the firehouse and have a cup of coffee and shoot the shit with those guys. Uh, same thing. Any animosity you know, between the two? Not real, unless the guy was an asshole. Yeah. You know, if you're acting like an asshole, I'm going to treat you like an asshole. That that that's right, basically right. it. I mean, my my thing all the time was as soon as you put cuffs on somebody, like you would just tell them, act like a gentleman. I'll treat you like a gentleman. That's what I used yeah, to say. Yeah. 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 You know, but uh, no, I never really had any animosity. They were always good to us. We were always good to them. So, you know, like, like I said, tomorrow's a big day. Tomorrow's like the, the biggest rivalry. Of the, it's it's the biggest sporting event for those two every year. For There's the, a football the, game that goes on, too, if I'm not mistaken. They have a football game, but for some reason, man, the hockey game, because you know what it is, Chris? Originally, that hockey game used to be at the Coliseum. Mm. And I mean, dude, the Coliseum would get packed with about 15,000 people in it. Wow. For that game. Now, I think uh, tomorrow, I think Saturday, it's at the U the new one, the UBS Arena. Right, right. It'll be packed. It will be packed there. They did it at the Garden for a few years. The big thing about it is, listen, man, a lot of cops and firemen live on Long Island. Right. The big thing which made the Coliseum such a big draw was the tailgate every year. That parking lot is huge at the Coliseum. I'm sure UBS has a big parking lot as well. It's going to be just a huge tailgate party. You know, uh, I always I always call those things like big parties like that. It's it's like old home week. It's like a high school reunion. Yeah. yeah if yeah, I yeah. went to that tomorrow and I started walking around the parking lot, I'm going to run into guys I haven't seen in 20 years, 15 years. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, like I said, it's, it's it's a great time to always catch up with people. It's not a you know, it's it's thank God. It's like you get a bunch of cops and firemen together and it's not a funeral. It's just a lot of, you know, guys out there, you yeah, know, men, fun. Men, yeah. men and women just, you know, shooting the shit, having a few drinks and enjoying the day. I mean, tomorrow's going to be very somber. The fireman died the other day. Right, right. FD is going to be going in pumped. They're going to want to win this game for this guy. So it's it, it's always a good game every year. Uh, of course, I know who you, you know, playing the football game at all. Or no, no, dude, those guys. Whoa, dude, it's not ICYP, man. <laughs> those dudes. I will tell you right How now. About macho macho play. No, nah, man. No, nah. macho knows the deal. Dude, the guys, <laughs> I, I'll tell you right now, man, there's a lot of guys on the PD team and the FD team. These guys all played like division one college football. OK, this isn't gotcha. like you just showed up and like, hey, I played I played when I was 50. I played for up back. 
I played for franchise. <laughs> I played I played some rough touch. These guys played division. There's a lot of dudes. If you go down the list, I played division one football. Yeah, or, I'm sure. Or, or division two, you know, division one, division two or division three. There's not a lot of walk ons. I knew one guy that was a walk on and it took him about 10 years to make the team. Wow. And he barely got any time. But I, I, I give the guy credit. My man, Frankie. He did it. He was like the Rudy of the team, man. He made the team. He tried and tried and tried and finally made the team. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, too, man, because between your work schedule and practices, I know they practice out in like Brooklyn somewhere. So if you live like upstate, you got to travel to Brooklyn like three days a week or two days a week yeah, for practice. That's kind of rough. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is, man. It, it, it's really tough, but. These guys love it too, man. That those two things are the biggest games. I always say the hockey game is bigger because you always get more people going to it. Like the football game, they'll play at like the field at St. John's University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy, uh, my buddy Joe, who I think was at the uh, the Islander game tonight, out of the four four. He used to tell me about those games. And the guy who passed away last year was FDNY. Uh, the guy Tom. Uh, they used to always talk about that those the football game specifically, not so much the hockey game. But I do know the hockey game is big from, you know, you know, other people that I know as well. I know a, a guy, Bill, who's on, uh, he's out in Suffolk. He's told me a little bit about that. So I think Dennis Leary's kind of involved with it too at some point, right? Yeah, I think he does a lot of charity work uh, with Before the FDNY. It. His cousin was a fireman who died in a fire up in Boston. Okay. I think about 15 years ago, and he's, he's running he's a big uh, hockey guy, I think, too. Yeah, well. he's a big hockey guy, but you know, FDNY guy. He also did, for people that don't know, he also did a TV show where he played a cop for two years. It was called The Job. It is one of oh, the funniest. Okay. It's a, it's basically like Rescue Me, but I like Larry, was, man. I think he's funny, man. He was a detective, and it's one of the funniest TV shows I'm sure you could probably find it on YouTube, Hulu, somewhere. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. He plays this like over the top, alcoholic, pill addicted detective yeah. who's just running around, just trying to keep keep his life together. He's got a wife. He's got a girlfriend. It, it was very funny. It was a very funny show. I want to say it lasted either one or two seasons and then it got canceled. And then he started Rescue Me. Probably like a a year or two after that but if if you can find it online watch it you'll laugh you're if you like them and dennis Leary has that knack of just playing he grew up a blue collar kid in boston yeah right. But like right. for him playing those characters it's just so it really is so natural for first him. i came across leary was probably 93 or 94 when the asshole song came out oh i'm an asshole i'm an asshole you know that that kind of stuff Supposedly um he stole that from louis ck I remember being at St. John's and us singing it like uh, we used to have like something called Greek Week, which was like the Olympics that you kind of saw like in uh, at the end of Revenge of the Nerds. And part uh -huh. of it was like a, like a talent show. And I, I remember one year the fraternity did a did a knockoff of the asshole song, you know, doing it at St. John's. We kind of got filtered and censored. But eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, he supposedly Louis C.K. supposedly did that as a bit. He didn't do it as a song. OK. He did it as a joke and Leary supposedly like lifted it. Lifted it. Okay. This is according to Louis C.K. telling the story and lifted it and turned it into that song like years later. And I mean, made millions. So good for speaking, him. Speaking of a-holes, I mean, did you see the stuff that went down at Yankee Stadium last week with the fan? And uh, I guess the fans all throwing. Uh, yeah. What was stuff it? The on Cleveland, the, uh, the Cleveland, Cleveland Yankee game. game yeah. Right? 
pretty wild stuff. I mean, I don't know if you work the detail when you're on the force with the, at, at, at the stadium, but you know, I told you stories about my buddy Joe when you know, the guy was in, uh, you know, basically, you know, uniform and we used to get hassled by the, you know, the, the, uh, the Yankee, uh, stadium security. It just, uh, seemed a little weird, man. Uh, you know, all those people throwing stuff onto the field. I remember a couple of times during a couple of Yankee Boston games up in, uh, up in Fenway where that happened, but never at the stadium. And, uh, Seems like there was a little bit more to that story than was portrayed. It looks like that guy went up in the audience. It was video on Twitter that got put out where I guess he was kind of baiting people. Like, I guess they were making fun of the guy who was hurt. And he kind of went up in the stands is like, you know, started trying to bait them like, hey, hit me, mf -er. you know, hit me, hit me, hit me. I'm sure there's going to be a suspension for the guy, but it's a pretty wild scene at the stadium. Yeah, I thought uh, it was just it was quick. I mean, the stuff I saw was just basically the fans throwing shit at them. Right. At those guys on Cleveland, the whatever, what are they called now? The Guardians? Yeah, Guardians. I still, you know, I was watching the Yankee game the other day, and Michael K., I guess he must have said the word Indians about five, six times. Oh, my God. Cancel him now. <laughs> cancel. I don't know. I'm not a big Michael K. guy. I don't care. I'm not a big fan of him either. Uh, but that's besides the point. But he's been there, in an elevator he, one time. At the Yankees he's been there stadium. forever. He's never going anywhere. No, not at Don't all. they want to get rid of Sterling, too? Sterling's in his mid-80s, man. He's, he's, he's I never, I, yeah, I didn't think he was that old, man. Dude, he's like 85 years old, man. Like Rizzuto, I mean, even towards the end, I think he kind of walked away from it. He was like in his early 80s when that happened. But those guys, I think he went down health-wise very quickly, Rizzuto, once he got out of there. This guy seems like he's kind of, you know, he's on the kind of on the cusp, but he's getting up there, Mike. I, I don't think he's long for. Uh, I for, just for heard. Show. What was I listening? To? Was it on the fan? It was someone was talking about him? Maybe, maybe Barstool was talking about him. How he's just blowing calls lately. Yeah, he blows a lot of. Calls. He, he's been doing way too many. It is high and far and gone, and it's yeah, yeah, caught yeah. at the wall. I mean, I remember him doing that when I worked down there fifteen years ago. 16 years ago. Yeah, you would always botch calls. And they said, well, they said supposedly his big thing is he wants to get the call before the crowd erupts. <laughs> like he doesn't want to get drowned out by the stadium crowd. The so John Bino. <laughs> so that was his big thing. Yeah, we talked about this off the air too. You know, uh, we talked about the, the state of late night comedy and, and late night talk shows. And how it seems to be where once it was very, very important, especially like for people like you who are in, in the comedy field or I guess the people that you work with to the point now where it's been like non-existent and it's almost like dying. We talked about some of the things off air. I think you made a, a lot of good points, but, you know, being, you know, doing comedy shows and being around comedians, what's your take with this, Mike? You know, as no far one as it's I don't, it used to be the big thing like Johnny Carson was the guy. If you go back. And the the thing was, if like if you did Johnny Carson, your life changed forever for the most part. If you right. had a great five minutes on Johnny Carson or four minutes, whatever they gave you, and you had a really good set, and he gave you like the the okay or the thumbs up, people said he goes, your life would change forever. Uh, Ray Romano, I've heard, he said this on Letterman. He his first Letterman appearance or second Letterman appearance. That's what led to Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, Letterman's company produced that show. He goes, I had a great set. And he goes, this guy, he goes, David Letterman changed my life. 
we work with a guy yeah. who's uh i guess his uncle was uh romano's agent was back in the day in the brokerage business i forgot the guy's name but uh i guess he was romano's agent and he would tell romano stories ray romano's stories yeah he grew up in my neighborhood in the neighborhood i live in now anyway forest hills he's a yeah forest hills guy. he's a forest hills guy he went to the same kid grammar school my kids went to um nice guy from what i've always heard um but yeah he was another guy this whole thing of like it was like you went on johnny carson and then you became a tv star that has not changed to me the new johnny carson is joe rogan he gets he hits 11 million yeah, people yeah. at a time yeah i think if you ask a comedian what would you rather do jimmy fallon or joe rogan they're gonna say joe rogan um you see comics now i mean uh, like we were talking about my buddy sean donnelly who I know through I've interviewed him on this show before you came on and, you know, we're, we're friends on Instagram and I was actually hanging out with him last month. And he even said, he goes, I did the tonight show. He goes, it did nothing for, you know, it's not. He was on the tonight show. Wow. Well, the, recently the Fallon one, he was okay. on the tonight show with Fallon like three, four months ago. And he goes, what changed in my life? He goes, nothing. I'm still doing this bar show here. You know, it, it it's not the pop it That's used to so be. Insane, man. The so uh, insane. everything's changed now. It's like uh, you know, you have to have a TikTok account to be a famous. Like yeah, man. Now completion. they put all their clips yeah. on TikTok. It's very hard. Uh, well, we talked about that guy, the Italian guy that I talked about. It was on on uh, TikTok. It's hysterical. Like I came across him. It's like, what are the odds of me going to a bar and watching this guy or like going to a show? You know, he's probably a no name, but I mean, you mentioned it. You thought that he was kind of big on the island, which is where he's from. Um, I'm just surprised that it just went down so quickly. I mean, look, I get I get the streaming alternatives and people having different you know, options to watch stuff. But you, know, you figure still going like on a Jimmy Fallon show or like the equivalent would still have some meaning, you know, to the point where it's like a non starter for people. You know, it's just. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think now because there's just so many different platforms it doesn't matter like i don't need hip yeah i don't need jimmy fallon to get famous but if i put up a tiktok like say jimmy fallon gets eight hundred thousand people watching his show yeah you could get i could put up a tiktok and get, get three million, million hits. watching it yeah, yeah. A, a a 15 second clip of me on tiktok gets three million views so yeah you're right you're right i, I didn't think of it that way but you're right it's what happened to WFAN. We hit that on the head. You know, those guys went from like, you know, the Pope, you know, Francesca to the point where he retired, then he unretired, and now he's doing a podcast and he's yeah. charging for a podcast. And, you know, at some point, uh, my account, my Twitter account is not as big as his, but it, it's big enough. You know, I've got 4,000 plus people that follow me on one of my accounts on Twitter. You know, if I put something out there, you know, it's going across 4,000 eyeballs who are very close to it, you know, versus 25 years ago. If I wanted to get my opinion or my point across, I'd have to get on the radio and hope to God the guy didn't cut me off after 30 seconds after expressing a viewpoint that he disagreed with. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, um, at, at, like he said, like we, like we were talking about, everything has changed now. You know, it, dude, you can start your own YouTube channel. And put up what pretty much almost anything, anything you, you want, want as yeah. long as you're not all your original content. <clears throat> as long as it's not like copyright infringement stuff, you can do whatever you want. I mean, that's all comedians are doing now. They, they, they're learning video editing and they're right. just putting up their own clips whenever they want. 
It's so true. It's so true. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, I wanted to get my kid into coding, you know, computer coding, because I just think that there's so much money to be made in that stuff. Yeah. You know, versus like a regular education. But um, just while, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I think back to when we were growing up, how big Carson was or Arsenio or Leno or even Letterman, you know, Rob's a big fan of Letterman. Wasn't a huge fan of him, but dude, at one point he was as big as they came, you know, I mean, when it came to entertainment and, and they had a lockdown, you know, on that late night TV segment, you know, and I get, yeah, listen, I get it. You know, obviously things have changed these days to the point where you can just watch whatever you want. But I mean, I just look back, you know, and just. Well, it's just amazing how much stuff has changed in the last, you know, five years, let alone 15 or 20. But um, I guess one last thing I wanted to bring up to you. Um, have you seen this thing about the Marilyn Monroe documentary on, on Netflix? No. Pretty what interesting show, man. Um, I didn't catch all of it, but I caught a little bit of it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a spoiler, but a lot of the things that you thought went down when she, you know, passed away aren't factual like for example i'll give you one piece the piece where she was found dead in the hotel room was that marilyn was found in the nude it wasn't true what she Elton died, John line? She, she died in the ambulance she had a heart attack and she died in the ambulance the whole business about her being found in the hotel is bogus oh, which man. uh which is pretty interesting shit. you know was that marilyn died in the ambulance <laughs> pretty interesting uh, uh, topic though like i'm a big joe dimaggio fan you know i met him is stuff. it is it out already on netflix or i think it is yeah i saw a trailer of it that's where i got it from so I now a piece on it is this thing going to get into the whole they were bang she was banging both kennedy brothers is it a, like is this going down the whole conspiracy I so. road i think so i mean the the whole conspiracy is they had to shut her up well, DiMaggio was married to her, and I read DiMaggio's book, and DiMaggio, at the end of his life, couldn't stand the Kennedys and couldn't stand Sinatra. Yeah, well, they were banging his wife. Besides I mean, that, <laughs> he's saying that Sinatra introduced her to the Kennedys, and yeah. besides the fact that he was she was having sex with them, and basically turned her on to that crowd that eventually got her hooked on drugs and ended her life. So he, he despised Sinatra because of that, and he despised... He despised the Kennedys, obviously, for, you know, for obviously obvious reasons, but he couldn't stand Sinatra because Sinatra, he felt, was to blame for introducing her to that crowd. And then they, they screwed over Sinatra, too. I yeah, know. absolutely. Because he wanted them to stay out there, and then he saw the mob ties. He was like, no, nah, I can't do it. Thank you for everything. Thank you for swinging the election and having, uh, what's his face, Giancana throw a whole bunch of ballot boxes into yeah, uh, Lake Michigan. <laughs> right, right, but right. Now, now I'm gonna have my brother prosecute you. And then and uh, you know, friends. going back to the uh, uh, the Irishman. You know, it's like, you know, we whacked we whacked the president. You know, we're gonna whack you. I mean, yeah. that's the whole conspiracy part about that. Yeah, that. You know? Oh, yeah, that would be interesting to see, like, what angle they take with that. Because you never really hear a lot of stuff, like like you said, like her. They it's just basically like she OD'd. They found her in the in the room. Right. They found her in a room and that was it. You know, you know. But yeah, you know. I, I think there were like rumors going around that she was going to start talking to people or she was in right. maybe in talks to like write a book or something about the whole fucking affair and everything. And they were going to. 
I'd be curious to see if they if they put the tinfoil hat and go down like the Robert F. Kennedy assassination, you know, the two the, the assassination of the Kennedys and try to tie it in, you know, with the mob and Sinatra and all those guys and, and Gia Clone, you know, up in Chicago. It's a pretty interesting story. I mean, obviously it's a little bit far fetched, you know, for you know, for the most part, at least far fetched from what the what the narrative is. But I think this documentary is definitely gonna go into some stuff. It looked pretty cool. And uh that one piece alone, I think, piqued my interest. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it and, and check it out. I think it might be out there already, but, you know, who knows? And yeah. I guess the, the other thing I want to check out is the They Call Me Magic on Apple TV, which is kind of like, um, it's a, you know, obviously it's a documentary about Magic Johnson, and it goes into his life a little bit more. But supposedly it's going to, like, contrast a lot of things that you see in the in the winning time, you know, which is still getting a lot of shit, you know, that we talked about last week. So... We'll see, my friend. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, with that, yep. let's plug away and get out of here. Yes, sir. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in the last couple weeks. Uh, again, thank you to Vinny, uh, Vinny Serio from Growing Up Astoria. Appreciate him coming on. We're going to have a special guest next week, uh, you know, for the Astoria crowd. Pretty famous guy. Well, famous at least when it comes to us. So uh, we'll announce that sometime, I guess, next week. Um in terms of plugs, we got Jay Cristiano, Cardinal Financial, 844-442-7334, promo code 4215. Got Celtic Monkey down in North Carolina, Mike Powers Joint. Mikey. My buddy, uh, Vladdy, uh, Vladdy's Place, uh, Vladdy Frederick, 53 Bruckner Boulevard in the Bronx. It's been written up on a couple of news, uh, news shows. Piazza's Pizza, Eugene's uh, Eugene Place, my fraternity brother Eugene up in Ryan, New York, 914-921-4444. Tommy Devitt's Place, Five Star Shopping by Tommy, 917-559-8264. And the Mad Donkey on 36th Avenue in Astoria. Lastly, DJ Chris Clash, me, uh, www.chrisclash.com. Events, productions, weddings, bar mitzvahs, communions, you name it, I do it. Let me know, folks. Throw it out there. And uh, we'll segue into Mike's plugs. Uh, but again, Mike's having some shows that are coming up. But I'm going to try to make some here. You know, hopefully, we can get some of the uh, the crackheads out there to support Mike. And uh, take it away. All right. Um, the usual. Check out Jack at I Can Paint. Oh, he put up something. Neil Adams died. He oh, okay. was a very famous uh, illustrator. Did He did a lot of Batman stuff in the... Oh, sure sure yeah the comic book guy yeah neil adams rest in peace uh check out but check out jack's work at i can paint uh pat dixon at uh new york city crime report you can also check out the podcast me and him do notorious nyc on the locals channel google locals channel and you can find us there uh blah, blah, blah. and as for me i will have done uh industry room at broadway already hopefully some of you showed up uh and i'm doing a show may 3rd for my buddy addy uh let me see if i have the date and time oh yeah hold on it is gonna be on it's May 3rd, 8 p.m., 38 Somer Street in Brooklyn, New York. The Daily Press, Coffee House and Bar. It looks like he's got about 10 comics on the lineup. Addy's going to be 
hosting along with uh, the Subway Show, who's a real funny comedian. He does a lot of shit on Instagram, real good stuff. And like I said, there's about 10 of us on the bill. Come on out. It's actually for a is good it, cause. Mike is, that, uh, Mike, is that Addy from the Boy Scouts? No. This is my friend Addy <laughs> K. Kid grew up in Florida. Grew up in Florida okay. and a huge Giants fan. So interesting. No dolphins. Yeah, it's very interesting. But uh yeah, check it out. May 3rd, 838 Summer Street over in Brooklyn, the Daily Press. Uh raising money for a good cause. Come by, check it out. And we will see you next week. Oh, he finally took his sunglasses off. All right. Thank God. It was very bright. All right, we'll see you later. Bye.